This is Pastor Mike from Jordan Lutheran Church, and you're about to hear one of our Sunday morning messages. At Jordan, we're passionate about learning from the Bible and pray that this message makes an impact in your life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, there's four ladies who thought today wouldn't come. But here we are on your confirmation day. A day where we discuss the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as we discuss what the Lord is up to. Uh, A text that draws from Acts 2, the reading that we heard. We hear of the nations gathered there. As people are speaking and from multiple nations, they hear one message. It's the complete inverse of the story of the Tower of Babel. When people are trying to get to God and language is confused. Here, as people are Learning about God, language isn't confused. Language actually draws them together. Language is used to unite them in one message. Now, as we hear that story, I want you to take your Bible, if you have it, uh, and open up uh, to John 15. We're going to spend time listening to how Jesus talked about the day of Pentecost. And we have Acts 2. It's the the details of what's happening. Uh, We had Ezekiel, the dry bones, as the Lord speaks. Bones come to life. Flesh is put back on them. Jesus told the disciples Hey, some troubled times are coming, but I'm sending a helper. I'm going to send someone who will be greater. But boy, do they have questions. Here's how he begins, the close of chapter 15 in John. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. That they have the opportunity as the disciples to witness what Lord is doing on this day. On that time because a helper is coming. Now, how many of you would like to have a helper? You don't have to pay for him. Just a helper comes to your house. Just a helper coming. Anyone willing? All right, yeah. Most people, you would all sign up for the, I'll take the extra helping hand. I would have this uh, to set forward. Now, as Jesus is teaching his disciples... He is teaching them and reminding them of what is actually going to take place soon because he's going to be leaving them. Now, 10 days ago, we celebrated what in the church year? Oh, it's that quiz of quizzes. Ascension, that's right. 10 days ago was the ascension, 40 days after the resurrection, and now we're 50 days after, and it's Pentecost. So don't lose sight of the ascension. Jesus, indeed, He's waiting to ascend and he's promising following what has happened, I'm going to go away. Most people, when people leave, don't like that. We don't like when people leave. Well, every once in a while you like when someone leaves. But that's for a different day. You see, the people that we trust, the people that encourage us, the people that build us up, we don't want them to leave. And Jesus is writing saying, you got someone who's going to be there who's going to be better. You ever have someone retire at work and you know they're going to fill the position, but you just, you're, you're excited for the person that retired, but you are scared to death about who's coming. Even though you've got assurances, we've already, we've already found the person, they're going to be better. You're going, yeah, but we worked together for 30 years. I trusted that person. I don't know the one that you're sending. The disciples know there's a helper coming. You can call someone a helper, but until they've actually done what? Helped. That's just a title. Oh, don't worry. I'll I'll send my son over. He'll help you with your yard. If that son they're sending has never mowed your yard, 
you have no idea what whirlwind is coming your way. Well, they've got questions as well in the church. Now, as we sat here, on Confirmation Day, it's a tough balance. The tough balance is the fact that many people in this congregation have been confirmed. How many of you remember your Confirmation Day? We confirmed our faith. I remember my confirmation day and sat there. Uh, this is going to be a glorious day. It'll be wonderful. It's a celebration. Family comes. Youth will actually stand before us and say, this is the faith that I profess. And then next Sunday is going to come. And someone's going to give someone a pass to come to church. You, you were confirmed last week. You can have a pass. You don't need to go to church. And then a pattern's going to develop. And one Sunday is going to become two months. And two months is going to become six months. And a bunch of you are running through in your own mind, the family member in your family, that that was the case. They confirmed their faith. They professed it. And then they said, thank you. It's been great knowing you. I hope you got my picture because I'm leaving. It's sad. The church does marvelous things in confirmation, in helping to equip, to train, and to build, but it was a task given to families. Did you know that confirmation was designed to be something that families support and build and encourage, and the church is just along for the ride? Uh, Trust me, I realize that I'm, I'm the guy in the church that helps to instruct this, but realize, families, you have like the most important role. I got you to confirmation day, but you now have to do what? You've got to watch these wonderful, beautiful women grow into full-blossoming teenage women who will go to high school and to college and wonder what happens to their faith. You get to carry on that journey. I look forward to walking along with you, and guess who else gets to go? Because a couple people thought they were off the hook. This whole congregation. You see, this is a shared task. And when someone doesn't show up, and I'm not talking one Sunday, like, please, this shouldn't be like, like some of you are like, all right, pastor told me, and like 14 letters get sent to someone next week. They can be sick for a week. Like, they could go on vacation. This is fine. But when two years from now, someone goes, you know, I haven't seen that person in a long time. Hmm. I probably should have reached out to them. No, I didn't. All right, so what's for lunch? Because it's what most of us do. We just move on. Because there's more important stuff. And that was important two years ago on Confirmation Day. It was really important. I wanted to get their picture. I was excited. I was built up. Be built up and encouraged enough as a congregation to realize these four ladies desperately need you. Desperately. But they will not ask you that. And trust me, I know, ladies, I know we were together for a year. You are all astute people. But the one thing you didn't ask is, hey, pastor, I'd I'd really love to make sure that every single person in the church greets me in an awkward way after Confirmation and goes, how can I help you? So that's not what I'm trying to set you up for. But I do want this congregation to realize it's something that they are asking from you because they're professing they share your faith, the faith that we actually express every time that we are gathered here. As Jesus continues in verse 5 and 7, 5, 6, 7, he goes forward and tells more about this helper. He says, but now I'm going to him who sent me. So Jesus is leaving. And none of you asked me, where are you going? This is great. So he says he's going away, and then he points out, no one really knows, like, no one's asking, where are you going, Jesus? But because I've said these things, sorrow has filled your heart. Do you get this? The church is bummed. 
The disciples are like, man, you can't leave us. It was just getting fun. It was just getting exciting. And maybe in a small way, you're going to miss not meeting Wednesday. Small way? Very, very small way, maybe. You see, there's this change when things shift and we wonder what happens. And I spoke at the beginning of the service. I view each of you when you're confirmed as adults in this congregation. You have an opinion and you want to know what's happening? Share it. Yeah, but uh, they're not 60 and haven't all this experience, Pastor. Well, they were confirmed in the faith. I'd love to have them actively involved and engaged and truly plugged in because it's how God intended his church to function. He intended for us to actually work cooperatively in a spirit. But because I've said these things, that is Jesus saying he was leaving, because I said these things to you, sorrows filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I did not go away, the helper will not come to you. These ladies are growing up in the faith and it's getting better for them. It really is. It's getting better because they will see today a reminder of what happened in their baptisms. The Spirit is being built up inside of them and it must be nurtured and cared for every day of their life. If anyone thinks that Pastor Mike has a punch card that somehow unlocks the answer to every challenge that these four ladies will have, you are sorely mistaken. And you completely misunderstand what Confirmation Day is about. Confirmation is them confirming the faith that they profess that God will be with them through thick and through thin, through good times and... Let's just try the second one on. Through good times and, and bad. So when your daughter has a problem two years from now and they say, well, I was confirmed in the faith. Where's the Lutheran church now? I hope you will look at them and say, right where that church told you, in the promise of Christ, crucified and risen. It's not about the Lutheran church. It's about Christ and Him crucified. The central message. And that the helper, the Holy Spirit, would guide us to be able to understand that when we're lost. Because there's a bunch of you since your confirmation have been through hell. Some of you since your confirmation have been married. Some of you have now lost that spouse. Some of you have had children, and sadly, some of you have lost those children. Some of you have watched careers that you thought would propel you the rest of your life, and they've disappeared. You've had tough times, yet you sit here confident of the promises that God gave, that the Holy Spirit is guiding and protecting you. Guiding and protecting you from the one thing that could actually steal you away from God, which is Satan himself, who will masquerade and hide in any place that he can. It's actually why we gather in church. We don't gather in church officially just to sing songs. Did you know that? You know we don't gather in church just to fill seats. Did you know we gather in church so we might actually have a respite from the fact that the world wants to beat us up all the time? A world that Satan is very glad to be a part of. And Satan finds his way into churches as well. Don't miss that. Sometimes he uses pastors. Sometimes he uses church members. Sometimes he uses confirmation students. Sometimes he uses five-year-olds, three-year-olds, 80-year-olds. Satan will use anything he can if we'll give voice to it. He pulls us away. He allows us to shift the message. But the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on that day, the day that we hear spoken of, is the Holy Spirit helping to bring order out of chaos. Now, for some of you, getting on Confirmation Day, all of your family gathered, feels like chaos. Like, how did we get everybody here? How did everyone get organized? How are we going to feed everyone on this day? 
Well, then Pentecost arrived. Here we are, Pentecost Day. Luke records this, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Anyone feeling like we're all together in one place? Yeah, you kind of feel the text right now. All together in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Here we are, we're all sitting. Kind of a house. We'll call it a movie house. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. Okay, this is where the text kind of diverges. Uh, a little from what we're seeing at this very hour. Because it's the account of what is happening. Fire coming down on people, divided tongues, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Many times when we think of different tongues, we think of all those different nationalities and peoples that are gathered. Did you ever think of how God has addressed you as a different language? I mean, think about your life without the Lord and think of your life with the Lord. A life with the Lord is a completely different language. It is a life where the Lord tells you that you have peace in the storm. You have peace in the midst of unknown situations. It is a different language that the Holy Spirit is the only one who can help you actually persevere in the midst of that challenge. So many times we just think about the Holy Spirit coming and, oh, speaking in different tongues. Isn't it odd that one of the great challenges that modern Christian churches have faced is what we make of speaking in tongues? Do we agree with speaking in tongues? Do we not agree with speaking in tongues? Does that mean it's foreign languages? Is it known languages? Is it unknown languages? At least as it's recorded, it helped the church. Isn't it odd how we, the church, can take things that God intended for our good and turn them into confusing and weird messages? We're really good at that. Try a few others on for size. Anyone ever had Christian churches complain or be confused about baptism? Anyone ever heard of that? awesome. It was intended to be for the good of the church. Um, So the Lord's Supper, anyone ever have confusion about what that is? Yeah, that also was intended to be for the good of the church. Okay, so the scriptures that were recorded, anyone ever have questions what to do with the scriptures? Also intended for the good of the church. When God sends a helper, he intends to build us up, but we have a way of inserting so many different things that it causes stumbling blocks and challenges and concerns. Think of our own congregation right now. We're a congregation that's looking forward to a day where where we're thinking that the Lord may take us beyond the theater to a new site. And one day it looks like it's going to be this and it's going to be that and it's going to move here. But we can turn anything that's supposed to be exciting into a challenge and confusing. Like we're just good at that as human beings, what seems so certain. (laughs) On that same Pentecost, I think the church knew what the church was going to be like in the centuries and millennia to come. And all were amazed. The Spirit comes down. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? And that's where many of you just heard the Reverend Martin Luther echoing in your head here on a day we confirm our faith. Luther's great question as he gave that short, brief exposition in his small catechism, what does this mean? What does it mean for us to have a church that the Holy Spirit came to help us? Did you catch what others said, though? Yeah, but others are mocking. They said, oh, they're just filled with new wine. Which means what? They're stone-cold drunks. What a bunch of fools. Think of the people who are outside of this congregation, outside of any church on a Sunday morning, to think if they were to imagine, why are these four girls getting together and professing their faith? They must be crazy, foolish, silly. Why? What's this all about? 
but the helper. The helper is the one who comes to us in the Holy Spirit so that from different lands and different places they gather in one day and understand the message. See, Peter has to stand up. Peter addresses to the group. He stands up amongst the eleven, lifts up his voice and says, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. So this is one of the, again, I love when Scripture gives you the clarity, like, oh, well, it's just for the men. We're all out. No, no, no. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem. So he's got everybody's attention. Let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. He addressed them and says, you don't understand. They've got the Holy Spirit making the message known. Now, throughout confirmation, I'll put the ladies on the spot, and I'm sure they will be able to nail this. We went through the whole Gospel of Matthew. And as we went through the Gospel of Matthew, I wanted them to get this narrative of who Jesus is. And the whole purpose that Matthew writes for is to convince people of what? They're on the spot. What was Matthew writing? To convince his readers what? That Jesus is the Messiah. That was it. The whole time. And we went through that so many Wednesdays. What did Matthew write for? And it got to the point that ladies are like, Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the anointed one. That's the central message. The central message is that Jesus came as the promised Messiah. And some of you are like, well, what does that mean? I know. That's the challenge, right? We just use enough churchy terms that we get buried in churchy terms. It means that God promised that when things broke down, when the world got pushed away from God's intentions, that he was going to send someone to bring it all back. That he would send a substitute. That there would be one who would step in our place and ransom himself so that we might be able to stand before God with no fear. And throughout this whole confirmation process, we went through the small catechism, we learned about the Ten Commandments, the Creed, the prayers, the Lord's Supper, baptism, reviewed all of those things. But at its central core, if at the end of confirmation you don't understand that Jesus died for you so that you need not die, well then, congratulations, you're going back through confirmation this very morning. Because confirmation is about reminding us we don't have to do any longer because Christ has already done what was necessary for us. That this central message concludes in verse 21, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. Now, in between there, in verse 16 to 20, was this list of all the people that were gathered there. Peter wanted them to know that God would send the Helper. Now, for a minute, you think that the church is growing because people have now learned like neat demographical studies and are doing great things and the music is now drawing people and it's theater seats or it's the fact that now we have this and it's a growing population. You've missed out on the fact that church grows when and where God pleases. And may we not be a hindrance to God. Sometimes we as a church get so high on our horse that we're the ones building the church. God's the one building the church. God's the one who is moving forward. John 3 gives us that central message, the one that they were told that they would understand. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The challenge on this Pentecost, the challenge on that first Pentecost, I would suggest are the same. God comes speaking in inclusive love for all people, all nations, and of all time. 
but he does so exclusively through Jesus Christ. The hardest thing that the four ladies will say this morning is that they are publicly saying that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. But they are not for a minute saying that God doesn't love, care for, and want every single person to know him. They're not for a minute suggesting that God's creation of people who are born in different places at different times are not loved. They're not for a minute suggesting that this church wants some people to stay out and others to come in. They are saying openly that this message of Jesus Christ is for all people. This message of Jesus Christ is for all time. This message of Jesus Christ has no limitations. The other thing that we walked through is we were reminded that if there is forgiveness of sins, if you're willing, lady, but what happens if there's forgiveness of sins? There's what? You can shout it out. If there's forgiveness of sins, there's salvation. And if there's salvation, there is eternal life. You see, this is why it matters that as we gather here, we are reminded of that day that each of these ladies gathered at the font and were baptized. And as the water came over, parents stepped forward for their children, some perhaps older to say a few words, but parents who said, I want to make sure that they are raised up in the faith, that they understand the commandments, the creeds, and the Lord's Prayer. Fast forward to today. Parents, you made it. There were probably a couple times where you thought, I don't know if we're going to make it. But God sent his helper. He sent his Holy Spirit. And as you look around at this congregation, some of those helpers have been here for the last couple of years for your child, for a portion of their life. And we look forward to being a portion of that life moving forward. But do not miss that the good work that God began in you, he will continue to bring unto completion until the day of our Lord when he returns. Because God is faithful to his promise. So with all the members at Jordan Lutheran Church on this day, may we also be helped by their confession. May you not lose sight in a world that seems troubled. A world that always has worse headlines every day. Like, I am blown away by how negative the headlines get. Each day, more and more. You ready for today's headline? God at work. It's awesome. That's your headline for today. God is at work in their life. He is at work in yours. Amen. We're glad you've connected with us online and look forward to the opportunity to see you in person. On behalf of everyone at Jordan, we hope you will join us as we gather in worship of our Savior, Jesus Christ, every Sunday morning at 930 at Beaver Creek Cinemas in the peak of good living, Apex, North Carolina.